Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. And this is part two of a two-part series about the glorious goodness of our Father. We have with us two special guests that are just wonderful ladies, uh, Quintessa Lawrence and Tabitha Peter, Tabby, and we're delighted to have them with us again. So on our last episode, we were talking about the glory of God and how he revealed himself to Moses on the mountain. And he shouted, he proclaimed, he roared his name, Yehovah! And Yehovah means he who was and who is and who is to come. He's the one that's outside of time. And he described himself with seven wonderful characteristics that we all need to know and experience. And in that time, God had his hand over Moses in the cleft of the rock as he passed by him. Because Moses had said, show me your glory, please, Mm. please. I want to see your glory. I want to know you. I want to know your ways. I want to know you. And so he's up in the mountain with him. And in that second 40 days after the golden calf incident and after he interceded for Israel. And we were talking about how when he removed his hand, is it possible that he saw the back of the Lord Jesus Christ and how he saw that that torn, ripped back that took all of those terrible stripes so that we could be healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. Mm-hmm. It's that wonderful glory. And then we looked at John chapter 13 and how when Judas went out into the night, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. It was that event of Satan coming into Judas that began the time clock. It's like punching the start button on the time clock of Jesus glorification. It began with Satan going into the heart of a man that God knew was the one that would betray his son. And that's why he told Jesus to select him because he was going to have need of him in the time to come. Even though he was a cheat, he was stealing from the bag that he carried. He was not a nice guy. And he was not transformed by being a disciple of Jesus, the son of God. But God knew he was going to need him. And all of these circumstances that we have in our lives are opportunities to overcome. Mm. And Jesus chose Judas to be the one who was going to betray him, to begin the time clock of this glorification that was going to be our salvation, that was going to be our redemption, that was going to be our healing, the setting free of all of the stuff that came down in our DNA from Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. who were deceived. And we don't know how much deception is all around us. We don't know how badly we've been duped Mm -hmm. to believe so many things that are not right. But the more we get into the word of God, the more we spend time in his presence, the more he will reveal to us by his spirit. And that's where we left off, that Jesus began to go into this glorification process. And the glorification process was anything but 
what we would think is glorification. It was horrific. Yeah. There wasn't anybody in that time that would look at that situation and say, wow, God's really getting glory here. No, they thought that their Messiah that they thought was going to come and redeem them from Rome and overthrow the Romans, they thought that the whole thing had been aborted. And that's mm-hmm. what the princes of this world thought, too. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he that sits in the heavens laughs because he knows the end from the beginning. He is the beginning and the end. He's got it all wrapped up. He, he, he gives us choices. But he foreknew what our choices would be so that that he could turn all of those choices into something for good that would be glorification. It's going from glory to glory to glory. I, I wrote about it in my book, Rich Wounds, about how nobody could have understood that this was something that was going to be the pinnacle of the glory of God. Mm, yeah. It was it was for the redemption of the whole planet and everybody in it. He paid the price for the entire planet to be set free. And that's what he showed Moses in the mount. Yeah. I believe. I believe that's what that was that that he saw the back of the Lord Jesus that had been just ripped to shreds so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be healed because everything that we need healing of is a result of sin. Yeah. Whether it's our sin or the sins of our forefathers, Mm -hmm. it's all the result of sin, and it leads to death. But Jesus even conquered death. Wow, what glory. Amazing. Yes, yes. You know, I I just think that some people, when they think of God's glory, they— they think that it has to manifest in a cloud or through some manifestation or uh, shiny, glittery gold. And they don't realize that when God was declaring who he was to Moses, if you have ever experienced mercy or if you have ever experienced um, forgiveness by God, if you have ever experienced these things. Or his patience. Or his patience. Uh Long suffering. I'll give him one more chance. (laughs) I'll give him one more chance. He's asking for another chance. Chance. (sighs) Okay. I'll give him another chance. Or or even um, with what you're saying about Moses seeing his backside and seeing those stripes of Jesus. If you have ever experienced the salvation of Christ, you have experienced God's glory his goodness, his tender mercies towards you. And so many times we get hooked up on um, experiences, this, this grand thing, but really it's just, it's just the love of God being expressed through his son. I, I believe that is God's, his goodness, his whole goodness that is in his glory, his son, Jesus Christ. Unlimited. 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 It's enough for all of us. Yeah. Amen. What is the scripture you read in the book of 1 Kings, um, chapter 7, 8? It's where the temple is finished, and it's the dedication of the temple. In verse 8, this is when Solomon assembled all the heads of the tribes, the chiefs of the fathers, and they brought the Ark of the Covenant, um, and they set it in place. And after they had set it in place, it said uh, in verse 10, when the priests had come out of the holy place, and I, but this is the first time I put this together. I've not seen this before. They put the ark in place. And as soon as the ark came in, they took the staves out. And when they came out of the holy place from putting the ark in the place, the priest could not stand the minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. 
And the verse before it, verse 10, yeah, when the priests had come out of the holy place, the cloud filled the Lord's house. Mm. So they had just placed the Ark of the Covenant there. And it's kind of like if you're, you know, you're a little little kid and you have a have a firecracker, a cherry bomber, and then maybe, you know, and, and it's sitting there unlit and you, you take a match and you light it. And as soon as you light it, you get away as far as you can because <laughs> of this massive <laughs> explosion. But the, this is what happened here. It was an explosion of the glory of God. I mean, the priests had no idea they were going to, you know, just the power of God would just overwhelm them and fall down. And because, you know, even as Moses said, show me your glory, and God was revealing his glory in the house as because the ark was a representation of the Lord's glory on the earth. Mm. And after it was set in place and the house that was built for him, he revealed himself to the priests who he really was. Now, I got something about that. If I remember correctly, when the high priest went into the most holy of holies, didn't they have to tie um, something around, uh, a rope around his foot? Yeah, it, it wasn't scripture, but they wound up having to do it because they were afraid that maybe he might die while he's in there. If he mm-hmm. was totally without sin, yeah. you know, it wouldn't happen. But if there was sin in his life, if he wasn't really repentant when he brought brought his yes. sacrifice. But he also had to fill the, the place with incense before he could enter. It, the, he had to fill that place with a cloud of incense. So he took incense on something that looks kind of like a shovel, mm. and he put it on— he put he put coals from off coals. the altar on it, and then he put the incense on it from off of the incense altar, and he pushed it underneath the curtain so that he could fill that Holy of Holies place with a cloud of incense. And incense is, is a picture of our prayers and our praise, our worship. Mm. And so he had to fill the place with worship before the glory wouldn't kill him when he went yeah. in there. Oh, it's like that covering, like a yeah. covering. Wow. Because it was just once a year on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, that he would go in. And, and I'm sure the priests were in fear and trembling when he was going to enter the ark, like, wow. Mm. It was like Moses going up the, the mountain again. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about that, that, the presence of the Lord causing such that, that fear, like, oh my, I'm entering, got to get right with God. Uh, and <laughs> Quintessa, you were saying something mm-hmm. earlier about God's goodness being violent. Yeah. C.S. Lewis had a piece in Mere Christianity where he talks about the goodness of God and how dangerously violent it is because everything that's not good is going to just disintegrate in the presence of that goodness. I was thinking about that in the context of the encounter Moses had on the mountain and how God said, I'm going to let my goodness pass before you. But he shielded him and then he he goes into talking about how merciful and gracious and, and faithful and loving he is and, and full of forgiveness. And then he saw the backside, the stripes of Jesus, yeah. and how Jesus is our covering so that we can hold the fullness of God's glory, the fullness of his goodness. Mm-hmm. Jesus is covering over us, allows us, he's opening his body to us, portioning out his body to us, being that covering for us to partake in that intense violent goodness of God. Yeah. Oh. And you can create an atmosphere for the Lord wherever you're at. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was back in 1982 was Stephen Lytle came out with the book Exodus 2 when the Lord spoke to him in preparing for the Jews to come out of Eastern Europe that the doors were going to open up. And I believe he was in Germany at the time and he was on a long fast. 
and the glory of God came down in this room where he was, and and he could not stand. He's just on his face on the floor. And the door would open, and somebody would come in, and they would fall flat on their face, and they would stay there for a little bit, then they would crawl out because the glory was so intense they could not handle it. Mm. Then others would come, and and there were those that can handle more of the glory than others could. And it's just a picture of relationship because knowing Jesus is a relationship with the glory of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he wants more and more of that glory to be poured out from him. But we have to be in a position where we can receive it. I remember a testimony Etienne Bloom shared, a pastor out of South Africa. South Africa. And he was in a meeting. I can't remember if it was a prayer meeting or a pastoral meeting, but they were in a meeting. And God showed up and just hit them with his presence. And all of these people, seasoned people in the Lord, were just on the ground. And finally, Etienne's like, Lord, like, stop. You're going to kill us. Like, mm-hmm. this is too intense. And he heard the Lord say, I have only shown you a drop mm-hmm. of my love. Yeah. We, we don't have a clue the never-endingness, the limitlessness of what God has for us and, and who he is. You know, the, the scripture says in Psalms, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord mm-hmm. and the earth shows his handiwork. It takes the vastness of the universe to help us even just begin to comprehend the greatness and the glory of the Lord. Yeah. His glory is so intense that it takes the whole universe to declare it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. Uh, you know, the idea of not being able to stand in the presence of the Lord. We talked in one of our podcasts about how heaven has different levels and the vast majority of people who really just don't want that much of the glory. They just, they want to be saved. They don't want to go to hell. You know, they might even be willing to witness to others, to help others to come to the Lord, but they don't they don't want this fiery relationship and they don't long for it, but they're happy to be in paradise. And that that's like the vast outer court of heaven, kind of like the, the tabernacle has a huge outer court for the ordinary people. And the folks that just barely get saved, you know, they, they get in through the gates and they're so happy to be in the gates at all. And they're overwhelmed by the glory that comes from the grass. Because the grass is is exuding the praises of the Lord, and it's just glorious. And you know they get overwhelmed with the fact that you can you can step on the grass and it bounces right back up. It doesn't stay squashed down. And and then there's those that have walked walked with God and been serious about really giving their lives to Him, and they've 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 worked for Him all their lives, and they get to live in the holy city. But then there's those who like Moses. And like David, wanted to know the ways of God, wanted to spend time in his presence. Those people that that have cultivated that relationship where they're going from glory to glory, where they're becoming mature sons and daughters of God, where they're, they're you know, following. I, I want to be like Enoch. He walked with God and he was not because God took him. There are folks that haven't gone by way of the grave because they have, they have fully grasped the meaning of what Jesus did for them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Enoch got to see it ahead of time too, 
He might have. You know, in his in his walking with God, did God yeah. show him the same things that he showed to Moses on the mountain? Did he get to see that? Was was that how he he was able to walk with him and not go through the gate of death because sin had been overcome in his life? We're overcoming, we're overcoming, we're overcoming. We can overcome. And there is a people group at the time of the coming of the Lord that's going to be raptured. Now, we know that there's tribulation. And I'm not going to argue over when the rapture is, but it's very clear that there is one because it says there's going to be this catching away and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up with the Lord in the air. I'm thinking maybe it has something to do with having established that relationship with God, that the the earth is groaning and travailing in pain until now for the the manifestation of these sons of God that, that get it. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that so want him, that so want to have that relationship, that we go from glory to glory, that we just keep getting more and more in, in him. That's right. I just want to say something that just popped in my mind that I feel like I should tell everyone who's listening. There is no age limit on this. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. I mean, think about it. Moses really only started his ministry when he was 80 years old. That's right. And then Joshua he, too. And even further beyond that, when he actually experienced God's glory and saw this, John the Baptist, when he was yet in the womb, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and leaped at the presence of Jesus. So there is no age limit on you being able to have this relationship with the Lord, having this experience with the Lord and being in his presence and glory. And don't think that it's too late. I mean, as long as you're breathing, there's there's time. There's time. I, I just felt like I had to say that, that there, there, there's not an age limit on this. And all you younger people out there don't think just because you might not know as much as some that you are limited to to God's glory and, and presence. I mean, think about Abraham. He didn't have all these scriptures. Yet and God, how old was he? <laughs> exactly. But he, he didn't have all the scriptures, but God met him where he was at. Or, or the woman at the well in, of Samaria, you know, she didn't have all this biblical knowledge that the Jews had, but she had an encounter with Jesus and experienced his glory and his goodness, and it saved practically her whole town. So I, I just want to say it doesn't really matter where you're at. You have this opportunity to experience God's goodness, to experience Jesus in a way that you never thought could be possible. God is no respecter of persons. Mm. He'll pour out on whoever seeks to be poured out upon. Yeah, and even when we don't seek it. I mean, Saul of Tarsus was thinking that he was doing God a favor to kill all these Christians mm. that yeah. you know that were followers of Jesus. And he, he was zealous. He was zealous. And I think God knew the zeal of his heart that even though he was misguided, he had a zeal that God wanted to to capture and use and and that's why he apprehended him and he knocked him to his feet he couldn't stand the glory either when when the glory appeared to him got blinded by the light yes (laughs) yes you know another one who sought after the lord was david David was a man after God's own heart. And I love Psalm 25 that says, To you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. To you, Yehovah. Okay, there's that that capital L-O-R-D. 
I'm, I'm lifting up my soul to you. That part of me that there's something in me that's longing for you, e- even though my emotions are still not completely yours, I'm lifting up my soul to you. I'm lifting mm. up my mind to you. I, I'm, I'm lifting my, my being to you. Oh my God, I trust in you. Don't let me be, be ashamed. Don't let my enemies triumph mm. over me. This is an overcomer talking. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just help me. Help me, Lord. Let, let no one that waits on you be ashamed. Let them be ashamed that which transgress without a cause. And then he says the same thing that Moses said. Show me your ways, O Lord, O Jehovah. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. That word, I think that word, if, if it's not Yeshua, it's at least Yesha. So many times in the Hebrew scriptures, the word salvation is Yeshua. That's, That's right, Jesus' yeah. name. It means salvation. Lead me in your truth and teach me. Jesus is the truth. And teach me, for you are the God of my Yeshua. Mm. On you I wait all the day. Remember, O Jehovah, your tender mercies. Didn't we just see that in the in part one of this podcast? That's right. Your yeah. tender mercies, that's that Rachamim, the womb mercies, and your loving kindnesses, that's that Chesed. For they have been ever of old. You are the one who was and who is and who is to come. Don't remember my sins of my youth. Oh, haven't I prayed that? (laughs) Oh, Lord, remember not the sins of my youth. I was so stupid. Nor my transgressions according to your mercy, according to your, your chesed, I think it is there. Remember me for your goodness sake. Good, and there's that good again. Good and upright is Jehovah. Therefore, because he's good, he will teach sinners in the way and the meek he will guide in judgment and the meek he will teach his way. All the paths of Jehovah are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Jehovah, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Do you have that in the Passion Translation, Quintessa? Would you read those scriptures? Forever I will lift my soul into your presence, Lord. Be there for me, God. For I keep trusting in you. Don't allow my foes to gloat over me or the shame of defeat to overtake me. For how could anyone be disgraced when he has entwined his heart with you? Oh, that's beautiful. But they will all be defeated and ashamed when they harm the enemy. Lord, direct me throughout my journey so I can experience your plans for my life. Reveal the life paths that are pleasing to you. Escort me along the way and take me by the hand and teach me, for you are the God of my increasing salvation. Mm. I have wrapped my heart into yours. I've wrapped my heart into yours. Forgive my failures as a young man and overlook the sins of my immaturity. Give me grace, Lord. Always look at me through your eyes of love, your forgiving eyes of mercy and compassion. When you think of me, see me as one you love and care for. How good you are to me. When people turn to you, they discover how easy you are to please. Hmm. So faithful and true. Joyfully, you teach them the proper path, even when they go astray. Keep showing the humble your path Hmm. and lead them into the best decision. Bring revelation light that trains them in the truth. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who follow the ways of his covenant. For the honor of your name, Lord, never count my sins and forgive them all. Lift their burden off my life. Who are they that live in the holy fear of God? 
you will show them the right path to take. Then prosperity and favor will be their portion, and their descendants will inherit all that is good. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God, where they sit near Him and receive the revelation secrets of His promises. Rescue me, Lord, for you're my only hero. Sorrows fill my heart as I feel helpless, mistreated. I am all alone and in misery. Come closer to me now, Lord, for I need your mercy. Turn to me, for my problems seem to be going from bad to worse. (laughs) Only you can free me from all these troubles. Until you lift this burden, the burden of all my sins, my troubles and trials will be more than I can handle. Can you feel my pain? Vicious enemies hate me. There are so many, Lord. Can't you see? Will you protect me from their power against me? Let it never be said that I trusted you and you didn't come to my rescue. Your perfection and faithfulness are my bodyguards. Hmm. For you are my hope, and I trust in you as my only protection. Zealously, God, we ask you to come save Israel from all her troubles, for you provide the ransom price for your people. Beautiful. He teaches us his covenants. He shows us his ways. He takes us into that place, that secret place, where he can reveal his mysteries to us. Mm. Oh, God, put a hunger in us. Put a hunger in your people. Yes. yes put Lord. a hunger in us, Lord, yes, to Lord. know your ways, to know your thoughts, because your thoughts and your ways are higher than our, our ways, as high as the heavens are above the earth. So high are your ways above our ways. Give us that hunger, Lord, to know you. Yes. Give us yes, that Lord. hunger, Lord, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways so that you will hear from heaven as we pray and forgive our sins and heal our land. Lord, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Yes. Pour out your spirit on all flesh and yes. let your spirit yes. reveal to us exactly where we are on our path to eternity. Lord, so that your glory will come forth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.